0: This is the Real Talk podcast with Brother Aula. This is not live. This is recorded. But you're going to enjoy it anyway because she always, always, always take something away from this podcast. This particular episode is the day one of the Gift of Perspective online class we had. And I felt it was... It was Uh, It was something that was just too awesome to live in that space. So here it is, here for you. Listen, enjoy, take notes, and put to practice. I'm sure this is going to make a difference for your life. Good evening, everyone. Welcome. Should I say good day, rather? Good day, everyone. Welcome to this quick chat. we chat with... um, that we titled The Gift of Perspective, Learn, Understand, and Find Direction. Our first, our first resource person is Mohit seasoned experience. He's seasoned and experienced in managing academic programs and coordinating administrative processes in higher education. He's a well-organized higher education manager who has successfully managed both undergraduate, and postgraduate, and research academic programs, revised and produced program regulations and policies? The managed a team in central school administration with a customer focused processing approach. His key strengths include networking and policy, delivery of excellent administrative services. Assessment procedures and strategic planning for the implementation of annual and of academic programs and institutions. Please welcome Louise Busari. Thank you. Yes, so you have the
1: floor. Well, good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Louise Busari, as um, she as, um, introduced me. Um, it's a pleasure to come on this platform and in a brief from um i'm here to talk about organizing yourself for productivity or more so to put it in another form how to maximize your efficiency for 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 achievements basically and um, if i may been asked by um starting off with my say 20 minute talk i know i can't really see participants but. Just by indication, if Shion could let me know, how many participants know or have already established what they want to do at whatever stage of life or career they are in at the moment? Do we have an idea? Or if we don't, I can move on to talking about my bullet points. How
0: do you want us to
1: um signify maybe if they can drop a message and we can pick it up along the line it's just more of um, a, an icebreaker just to get them thinking in terms of um what they want to do probably if you're still in the secondary school or in the university or if you're already like mid-career or just starting your career definitely we all have a goal an end point inside we might not be there at the moment uh, we might probably be on a journey there we might actually be on a different road to which is totally different from where we plan to. For example, I could want to be an engineer, but currently I find myself studying um, English in the university. So that's kind of what, and then I could be someone that already knows I want to study medicine and all my jam um, exams have been around physics, chemistry, biology. So basically it's just a question I want to use as an icebreaker to get audience um, thinking about that. And then we can come to that at the end of the day to kind of assess who's been able to, identify or establish what they want to do at this stage and yeah. who's not been able to do that. So while I put that out there, I'll um, lay out the foundation of what I want to talk about. It's, um, my talk is on four points, which is mindset and perception, value of time, yours and others, health and well-being, and then be a Boy Scout. So when we talk about mindset and perception, in terms of organization and organizing yourself to productive, you're organizing yourself in a way that you become productive, the first approach to this is your mindset or your perception. If you have something to do in form of a task, your mindset or perception in relation to that task or what needs to be done is key. This is very key to the success or otherwise of that task. Because for instance, if you were given a job to do or homework to do at school and your first perception of it is not to take it too seriously or flippantly, like I know i used to do at some point and then some other courses i take seriously that buys in or keys into how i prepare for that assignment it keys into how i go about executing that task because my mindset and perception about that task is what will inform the level of preparation i would indulge in it to involve the level of enthusiasm i would i would apply to it it also involves the level of knowledge i'll be willing to gather as a result of achieving that goal, as a result of doing that homework, and as a result of completing that task. So our knowledge and perception is key to having or organizing ourselves productively. And the second point will be around value of time, yours and others. I know our lovely country, Nigeria, and we Nigerians are lovely people, and we love to take time with everything, from eating to traveling to partying. We usually have little or no regard for timekeeping this is key in a professional life even in nigeria i've worked in one or two multinationals where i know that timekeeping is essential and it's something that we can make a cultural change about and for your organization or for you to be able to organize yourself for productivity or be able to achieve maximum effect in becoming efficient in what you do time value is very important time value is such that i remember when i was in my mba there are some um, accounting courses we did that we had to calculate, um, I think um, the, the, the time value of money and stuff. That still tells you about how important time value is. That's why if you go to the bank, want you borrow some money, the longer it takes, the shorter your interest. The shorter the amount of time duration for you to return the loan, the higher your interest. It's about time value. Time is of the essence. Time can never be quantified unless you make hay while the sun shines. So it's very important in being able to organize yourself productively, to have a very good appreciation and value of time. One, it's an important element in personal organization, which impacts on productivity in the long run and in the short run. It could, I could give you something as mundane as going to work or going to school every day. You let me know once you don't wake up at the time you'll set your alarm to wake up given the many conundrums you have in nigeria or lagos wherever you may be coming from i know there's traffic that is rife across nigeria so if you probably have to get to work at eight o'clock for most of us we have to leave home by six o'clock or five o'clock if we miss that time slot we know we are already getting late that's what the effect of valuing time that's how it creeps in the same thing with appointments with meetings with any other. Even social appointments as well, like Shane will probably attest to that. Time value is always important because the other person might be meeting up with you for just that one hour window and they have something else to do. So keeping to time, valuing your time and valuing the time of others helps in the long run and in the short run. And also it helps for me and for most professional settings, it helps in the sense that it makes them come to you if probably you are a client you're delivering on a project it makes them come to you a second time it doesn't make them consider another option knowing that you're not a good timekeeper because time like i keep saying can never be quantified and it's of the essence in everything we do our work in our social life on projects we do if we are independent entrepreneurs then part of this time value i saw on it is punctuality punctuality is never overrated it could make or mar you. It leads to efficiency. And it positions you in such a way that you can maximize your potential. Because imagine that you're punctual. You get to some places not on time, but in time. That's some semantics there. There's a difference between being on time and being in time. And this is the reason. If you're on time, you're getting there 7 p.m. on the dock or 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. on the dock. But if you're in time, I'm getting there 6.30 or 7 p.m. I'm getting there 4.30 for a 5 p.m. appointment. And imagine the difference it would make in me settling down for that appointment if I got there in time rather than getting there on time. I'll leave you to do the maths and to see how it means, that time gap you've got of getting there in time, it means you would definitely be able to compose yourself, gather yourself, plan yourself, and be ready for whatever the appointment, interview, or what it is. Even if it's for me to get to work in time, What it simply means is I'll be able to have some good relaxation and me time before I start the business of the day. So that's the value and essence of punctuality. It helps you in a way that you are able to maximize your potential. And it's how I say, you can always be punctual by becoming anticipatory, anticipate and making allowance for contingencies. It's key. Nigeria has a lot of contingencies when you're trying to get from point A to point B. We always have to factor that in. And factoring that in is part of how you value your time and value the time of the others, meaning those you are going to meet for the appointment. Then the third of my point is health and well-being. We might talk about all mindset, perception, value of time, but all of these things they hinge on one thing: a healthy mind and a and a sound body. I will not be able to be punctual. I'll not be able to have a good perception about approaching my task wholly and diligently if I'm not if I'm not healthy. If I'm ill all of those time and perception and value of time they are thrown out of the window. Because if you are not healthy, you will definitely not be able to go about this. So we're in Nigeria, I worked in Nigeria for years and I understand the hustle and bustle we go through, especially those of us in Lagos and in some other big cities like Ibadan and yeah, I think relatively now Abuja and Port Harcourt. Um, we are a nation of hustlers. Although hustle in Nigeria is used positively, hustle is a negative word if you want to read up the semantics of hustle. but However, I'll just focus on the talk of the day, which is that a proper planning requires a sound and healthy mind, like I said. So I think for those of us listening in now, I practice this as well. Always find a downtime for yourself. If you overwork that body, saying you finish your main job and you're hustling for side hustle, I do side hustles as well, but we need time to settle that body, that mind. A relaxation point is needed, just like your car just like your phone, at some point they go dead. That's like a recharge time. That's where the word recharge comes from. For you to recharge, it means you are re-plugging your phone. So your body needs to recharge as well. With food, eating healthy. With relaxation, we rest. Fine, most rest might not be to sleep. I could just be lying down having a nap. At my workplace, I'm, I'm entitled to an hour break. For the most part of the time, I'm not even eating one hour break. I'm just going to one quiet place, probably in the library or in a quiet space. I'm just lying down just staring into space my body is resting I'm recharging my body for the second part of the day that impacts on my productivity by the time I'm I'm getting home I'm not too tired because I've given myself some rest in between the day so valuing or factoring a good healthy body probably doing some light stretches exercise even at times your chair and the posture of your chair at work might actually it will impact on your health as well so all of these things around those are things we need to pay attention to in terms of our body in terms of um the equipment we use at work and the key thing make sure you find time to rest i do some side hustle here as well where i stay however i make sure i rest weekends are for rest for me i sleep well because i have to rest my body for it to be ready to do the rigorous work i do for the following week. So a healthy mind and well-being is good because it helps in the long process of organizing ourselves productively. And lastly, uh, you always have this thing that has been motivating me for the past 10, 20 years. He, I got it from my uncle. He always told me, he's be a Boy Scout. I said, what do you mean? He said, Muhi is, be a Boy Scout. I said, uncle, okay, what do you mean? He said, what's the motto of the Boy Scout? Trust me, I didn't know. I was never a Boy Scout. And I looked it up and he just simply said, be prepared two words be prepared and the ceremony gave me on be prepared with examples i came across those examples myself for example looking at two candidates went for a job interview they were so good they were neck and neck the panel had difficulty in picking a candidate eventually the panel had to settle with say okay fine this job requires traveling within the country and outside who's got an international passport who's got a driver's license one had a driver's license no international passport the other had a driver's license and an international passport your guess is as good as mine on who got the job that's where the boy scout motto of be prepared comes in in whatever job you're doing currently my advice is that you should always be prepared for that next move you want to make because when the next move comes around it's not going to announce itself when the next move comes around are you prepared So be prepared. Take advantage of whatever situation you are in now, make the most of it, use whatever situation you are in now to position and tilt yourself towards what you actually want to do. So probably you want to, you want a probably a different job, you want a job change. What are you doing currently to prepare yourself for that opportunity in that other job change you want? If you're in a university, you probably wanted to do engineering, you find yourself doing English, you find yourself doing mathematics. Make here while the sun shines with the mathematics, with the English. And then when you come out into the world, there are lots of things you can do that will still tilt you back towards that other job you want. For example, I read English language in Lagos State University. I didn't intend to do English language. All my life, I've always known that I wanted to be a lecturer because I enjoy teaching. And I couldn't really get to pick a topic I would think I will be able to flow well in as a lecturer. So he ended up just, you okay, know well, let me just do English language. Let me see how it goes, because that was what I could get admission into. We all know the Nigerian story of how you want admission in one department and you can end up in another department. One of my academics told me then that, you seem bright. Why don't you put your mind to this? Try and get a first class and then see what happens next. I did my best. I didn't get a first class, but I got a second class profile. And we know how valuable that is in Nigeria about 10, 15 years ago. I'm not talking about now. And trust me, that got me into a position that I was able to get an employment in a company, who minimum criteria was second class copper because it was few and fast students who got second class copper when I was leaving university. And trust me, the job was well paid for a first uh, for a graduate for a graduate skilled person. That that job was the fund from which I was able to now do my masters and pay for most other things i wanted so that's the value of me making here while the sun shines putting my best into that english language course i got to study even though that's not what i wanted and i got the dividend in the outside world if i tell oh i didn't really want to do english and then i just said you know i'll just probably just do it and just get a degree third class or something i'll probably not be able to have got that opportunity so this feeds into be prepared make here while the sun shines wherever you are at the moment Make the most of it, keep your eye out for opportunities and keep doing things, side courses, things that will tilt you towards your actual desire. That's where I stop. And if there is any other question you've got for me, I'm here to answer your question. Thank you.
0: All right, thank you so very much. Um, Moise, thank you so much. That was that was really interesting. Uh, um, a few questions from from me here. If you don't mind, um, one of one of the questions that I'd like to ask is how was um, adjusting to life differently from when you left Nigeria? How was how was how was life? How was it because of the change? The, the way we see, it, for example, in terms of time, really. How was it? In how was the switch? to from people who are not so bothered about time, who are very lackadaisical towards time, to a people who, they can't afford not to, they can't afford to be 30 seconds later, the bus has gone, you know? So how, how was it like? Yeah, i will
1: say um, it was definitely a culture change and um, an attitude change. But for me, it wasn't that much of a big change. reason is, I've always been punctual. I've always been time conscious from when I was in Nigeria. It's just something I grew up with, basically. It's just something I grew up with. So I've been privileged in that way as a kind of human being I have been. But yeah, obviously, even as that that may be, it was a totally different experience here, knowing that everything works on time, from the public service to the private sector to the individual. Uh, When I was doing my master's, my first experience was it wasn't even about time. I totally forgot to recall that I had an appointment with a fellow master's student who was, I think it was an American student. We were supposed to meet up to kind of discuss a literature book we were going to present a seminar on when I was doing my master's about 10 years ago. And I totally forgot. And by the time I remembered, it was this email that prompted me, just came to that, oh, if you are going to cancel the appointment, please let me know next time. You can imagine how embarrassed I felt doing that. An appointment with someone, I totally forgot. He had to send me an email at the end of an hour of waiting. I've never I'm not recovered from that embarrassment till today, trust me. Like I had to dodge him, but I couldn't dodge him because we had classes. But I apologize but it was still not enough. So it was a totally different concept of time and how you value your time and how you value other people's time. So that's where my concept of valuing other people's time and your time comes in. Because it, it fits into how you're perceived. And you know, when they say first impression matters, oftentimes that first impression lasts for a lifetime in some cases. Because there are some people you don't have the opportunity of a second impression. And that could be you as a businessman, that could be you as an entrepreneur, that could be you as a young graduate trying to make it make headway in life. So that first impression matters. When it comes to time and punctuality, it does matter. Please take it seriously. And then here with the public service as well, the trains. The the buses they work on time. So I've had to run after buses several times, you know, I've just because I missed it by a minute. You come out of the corner to see the bus stop, the next thing the bus is there already. And you think, oh, it's gonna wait. By the time I go walking up, it's going because that's the time. It has a time to be at the next bus stop for the people who already timed it that, Okay, my bus comes at 7:49 exactly, and it does. The same thing with the train. So I've had to adjust to this. Punctuality, you know, it's a different thing in Nigeria where you know you are punctual. I I know that if I have an appointment with someone in Nigeria, I know I'm probably going to wait anyway. And as Sharon will probably know, even to be parties, I go with a novel. That's how crazy I am. I love reading. So I'm used to arming myself with my book with any novel I'm reading at that time. And I know I'm going to wait for you one hour, like 30 minutes, 20 minutes before you come. So it's not a different ballgame for me. We're here now. I don't have to wait. So I now became the one that gets late. Not because I'm arriving late, but because arriving on time is like late. It's good to arrive in time. So I don't have to arrive on time when the bus is there. There's a chance I'll miss it. I have to arrive at the bus stop or at the train station in time before the train or the bus turns up so that I can have ample time to get on the train or get on the bus before he moves. So that's the cultural difference I have to balance myself with. And then a good example again from one of my friends, he was even in this country before me, he was like, oh, he's... This country, you know, they're really so fast and serious. He had a job, like summer job in between school and stuff. He said, oh, I was only late for 10 minutes. And she said, ah, oh, no, 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 that can't work like this. He lost his job just because he was 10 minutes late. He was 10 minutes late. Tell me, who loses their job because they were 10 minutes late in Nigeria? Who? Oh right. So time and value of time and other people's time, is very serious and it was quite, it took me a while to settle in and I got used to that over time.
0: All right, second question for me. How much, Uh, how much would you say the value of time has impacted your productivity?
1: Definitely, definitely, definitely.
0: Hello? Yeah, I can
1: hear you. Yeah, definitely. The value of time has impacted my productivity, definitely, because that has helped me in getting into work, like in getting into professional life, to know that currently with my workload, my team, time value is of essence. So it helps me know that I have to plan ahead. Like currently I work in a higher institution. As I'm talking to you now, I've had series of meetings this week, and what are we talking about? We're talking about planning for the next academic session, which is starting in September. We're already planning as far as September next year and up to December next year. That's how much value of time is taken seriously here. You do all your own practice. Yeah, there's a God factor. I know Nigerians love God a lot. There's a God factor, but there's always a saying as well in Nigeria, that God will not come down to do what we need to do for us. Sure. So what we need to do is to do that planning along a reasonable time frame of delivery and then you leave the rest to God. And in the most cases, God is an efficient God. He created the world in seven days for those of us that are Christians, and even for the Muslims as well, like the, the both, both religions, all like the Abrahamic religions believe in the seven-day creation of the world. That's an efficiency of some sort. So even God is on time and in time, depending on which scenario we look at it. So planning long-term is part of how you maximize your productivity and efficiency because it helps you avoid any contingency or any hiccup that might come in because then you are able, it's just like saying you are going at a very high speed. How quickly can you adjust your speed if someone just dashes in front of you? You can't. Almost always you are going to end up having an accident. Then imagine you are going at a steady pace with a good understanding of the road you are on. Trust me, if someone just suddenly appears, you'll probably be able to apply your brakes in time or be able to swerve in a way that you're not going to have a fatal accident. So that's how I, I, I see timing and I see planning effectively. You're able to plan in a way that you're leaving room and flexibility for any hiccup, such that you will quickly rebound from it and carry on with business as usual. Those are the things I've had to learn in my line of trade, dealing with different people. So I know when you're dealing with different people, you're dealing with different variables, but the main thing is you are keeping on track and that can only be achieved with adequate value of time and proper planning.
0: All right, thank you so much. One one last question from me. And uh, this question is gonna, is gonna dig a little bit deeper because I would like that um, whoever gets to listen to this would find some sort of value in how they can manage their um, their work life in such a way that it's it's not only productive, but it also shows it helps them to move quickly through the ranks, right? How okay. how were how you able to, um, within the period of the work that you've been doing now, how are, how were you able to quickly move from one, from the level that you were when you came in to managing a team now?
1: Thank you. Um, in my current position, um, I started from about the bottom, like saying probably busy um, administrator in the higher education and yeah, I had line managers and um, by virtue of the environment where I work, there's always this encouragement from your line managers and stuff to kind of be the best you can be, provide support for you. Even the support provided is usually outside of even the work, I mean, depending on the relationship you can create. And I'm saying this at the beginning because I worked in Nigeria and I know the culture is. Different. The Nigerian boss does not want to train you because he's afraid he will lose his job once he trains you. It's a different ballgame here. Your manager here is not afraid of losing his job. He thinks his job as a manager is complete when he can train you to take over from him. Even though you might necessarily not take over from him or her, you might actually look for the same managerial position in a different department or in a different company. So that's how they see it here. So it's that relationship that matters, which is why I appreciate a lot here. No one feels threatened by someone gaining knowledge through them or from them. And that, I think, helps a lot in building a young person's esteem and confidence, and even willingness and inquisitiveness to want to progress and seek more knowledge. Those were the benefits or privileges I had with my managers. And with that, obviously, they saw that I was enthusiastic. I had these qualities we talk about, value of time, I had this quality of mind and perception, diligence with my task, I'm always ready to deliver and ready to to give the best of what I can make sure that I feel accomplished when my task is done. So when they see all those qualities, then obviously it's like you're like a rough down, one or two people are even offering like, oh, you know what, I could be your mentor if you want. That's how, that's how lucky I got. And I think I wasn't lucky, it was because of what they saw in me. It was about me applying myself first. For this, okay, yeah, this guy looks good. Let's help him out, kind of thing. My perception. So we, where I was as a program administrator, moving to becoming a program manager, was a bit of me being diligent, applying myself to the job, then me being inquisitive and wanting to learn more. And I remember I went to one of my managers back then, about three, four years ago, saying, "Oh." I've been an administrator for about three years, like it's getting boring, like that's my kind of person. I get bored with jobs easily and I kind of move around. But when I say move around, not changing, not changing professions, but I'm still within the same profession, or wanting to move here and there for experience. And yeah, I get bored. That's that's me. I'm kind of like an IT itinerant person. So it was like, okay, you know what? And I've gone for one or two program manager positions, and I keep getting um, I don't get called for interviews. Then the one that I got called for an interview, I didn't get it. And I said, you know what you can do is, why don't you try and take up a shadowing position? That position you want, there's something they're looking for that you don't have, which you can't have in your position. It's like saying you want to be a bank manager or you want to be a manager at your work, but you are probably still operating at the level of a the clock. There's no way you can get the skill of a manager if you're operating as a clerk on a daily basis. So how do I mitigate this conundrum? He said, oh, why don't you just go and do shadowing? That was when I knew there was something called shadowing, and I could take that off, which means I'll give up some of my time at work, say probably my lunch break for like two times in a week. And I'll look for someone who's in that position that I am interested in and have a coffee with them. To say, "Oh, I'm interested in becoming a program manager. Can we have a coffee break? Can we have a chat anytime at your convenience? Just so I can understand what exactly it is you do as a program manager. What exactly is it you do as a student engagement officer? What exactly is it you do As a graduate office worker so with that kind of proactivity for me i was able to get a shadowing role for six months where i learned all it is that a program manager does and trust me my next interview just a month after that i got the program manager position simply because i did what i needed to do listening through mentoring and through my own application and through my own diligence to work i was able to kind of rise through the ranks and as I'm talking to you now, I've moved one or two departments afterwards on a higher level as well with the same application. So that works for me in the first instance. Trust me, I'm milking the cow every time. Every time I'm two, three years into a position, I'm looking for the next position I want, and I'm seeking shadow in there, and it's still working. Trust me. Thank you.
0: Oh, awesome, awesome. I, I I know I said that was the last question, but I think this will be the last question. <laughs> <laughs> really, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that, uh, you know, whoever Sorry, listens to... Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello? The line, the, line is, um, the line is bad. I can hardly hear you. Do you want to you type
1: it now? in the
0: chat? Can you hear me now? I think it's mine. Um, Hello? I can hear you. Clearly. I can hear you now. Yeah, I can hear All right, you awesome. So I said um, I would, I I'd want that anyone who listens to this can get like maximum value from it. So I'll ask this, um, hopefully last question, right? Since you, you, you've, you've you've worked in Nigeria, right? And then you know how work is in Nigeria. How, how can the things that have helped you abroad, how can someone who works in Nigeria um, find this or similar um, uh, roads to get to where they want to get to? This similar, um, how can they approach, approach someone in a leadership position to say, um, how can because you, of course, you know how it is around around this client. It's not all bosses. I would I would say not all bosses are afraid of you taking over. Some you don't care. Some even encourage you to do all the work, you know. But for those who, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but for those who, um, <laughs> but for those who uh, who have bosses who stifle them. You know, how can they begin to find a way to spread their wings, you know, to, to even as they are longing for more, they can actually reach for more, learn more within, even if it's, I don't know, within the organization or outside, how can they use the things that you've learned, you know, the mentoring, the um, sh- shadow world, the reading, whatever it is that you've learned, how can they, you know, apply it here? Because, you know, the... At The end of the day, somebody will say, uh, it's because he's in UK, that's why that's why life is easy for him, right? And I think that's a whole lot of crap. <laughs>
1: I, mean, I give
0: away. Yeah, but I think that but again, yeah. so so I'm I'm trying to say how can we relate it to yeah, how we are here. yeah. Hmm. Hmm.
1: I'll give you I'll give you an example from when I was in Nigeria actually. When I first finished, my first job was in a bank. As usual, we all go for the bank jobs, isn't it, Nigerians? I know. For for example, to correct my notion as well, my own personal notion, I never love to work in the bank because I hate to wear a suit and tie. I know you can see me in a jacket now, but you never see me in a tie. I hate the tie. I hate the tie. Trust me. So that's why a bank was a no-no for me. But that happens to be in Nigeria. We happen to just take up that job that comes our way. Like, you know what, just take that one first, kind of. normal stuff 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 so basically what i was going to say was i was very proactive in nigeria as well that's why i'll start from nigeria basically and in the nigerian setting we all have family we all have friends we all have uncles the moment i finish, like i said it still boils down on how diligent you've applied yourself when you are at the rudimentary level of getting your o levels a levels your bsc or ma degrees Put your best into it because getting a first class or second class upper, they still count. Even if, yeah, we know that there's so much nepotism in, in Nigeria. Trust me, I never knew anyone. She knows me very well. You all don't know me. So that means my parents were not popular. My parents are not politicians for you not to know me. But well, I still was making good money in Nigeria. I was. Because, and I put all of that down to the diligence I put into my work in the university to get a good degree to the best of my knowledge. And that opened doors for me. Yeah, I could let the car out of the bag. I worked in the telecoms and one or two of the telecoms in Nigeria, those of you who are familiar or old enough as at 2006, 2007, they don't recruit unless you have two-one minimum or first class. So, and they were paying well, such as banks as well. So imagine if I had finished with a third class or a second, second class lower, definitely I've shot some doors to myself. I've shut some doors to myself. So it starts from what qualification, what skill set have you got as well? That matters a lot in how much doors your skill set can open for you in the first instance before luck or nepotism starts opening the others for you. So my own position then was one of my uncles said, oh, Muis, he works in the bank. He said, if you can make two one, yeah, I can guarantee that you have your foot in the door in getting a job but I still have to do another work. Pass the bank test. So there is no easy way to make your way in life. In Nigeria, abroad, there is no easy way to make your way in life. You have to put in that work. Then forget about the concept of nepotism. Yes, it exists, just like how systemic racism exists here as well. But don't let that be a blocker have confidence and belief in yourself, which is what I've had. knows our sex, shown myself, some of our other friends that I will not mention their names. We all went through secondary school knowing that we were going to be what we wanted to be. We didn't want to be millionaires or billionaires. We just knew we were going to be the okay, forefront of, of our generation doing what we want to do. And that's apparently what most of us are doing now. And happiness comes from when you're doing what you actually want to do. It's not about how much millions what you're doing is bringing in for you. Happiness is in the graft itself, is in what you're doing and how much you're appreciating it. So for those in Nigeria, the first thing is, if you're still in school, even if you've left school, if there's any way you can do any program to talk about, to kind of improve yourself, you have to definitely be able to, Invest in yourself, if I can use that word. Even myself, as I'm talking to you now, I'm still investing in myself. After my first, my first masters here in the UK, I went to do an MBA. That MBA was what steered me into proper office administration. So, and you as well. Forget nepotism. Forget about all the stress of how things might be difficult. For those of you who are already working, yes, you might have a difficult. Sorry, there's some noise that's interrupting. Could you mute yourself? Or can you mute everyone? I've done that.
0: Sorry Sorry about that.
1: So for those of us who are already working, who's got managers who are not encouraging, the sky is very big and vast for all the birds to fly without touching themselves. If you think your manager is stifling you from getting that knowledge for the next step you want, trust me, you can look for a colleague in another bank who probably will have a manager who is willing. Like Sheon said, there are some managers that are willing to train those those that they are line managing, and there are some that aren't. If that's your own case, look elsewhere outside of the organization where you can get that skill that you want. Look elsewhere because you have to be proactive. It's about your life. It's about what you want. It's about trying to achieve what you actually want. And trust me, there will be lots of obstacles. So your own proactivity and diligence in getting what you want is what now will make the difference. So if your manager is that such that they are not encouraging, yeah, look elsewhere. And I think if you're working in the ministry, if you're working in the private sector, there are some forums like I know the one that comes to my mind. Sorry, it's just about the bank. I know there are bankers' forum. There are other forums where you can all meet or different other fora where you can meet. Networking, like now, if I wanted to do something in the digital, telling in the g- digital or media stuff, I can network with Sheon, like Sheon, this is your 40, who can you point me to? So that's where the value of human beings come in. That's the value of where the network connection you made while you're in university, the connection you made while you are in NYSC, it matters. This is when you should make it count. In a way to get your purpose. The networking should not just count when there's a birthday, where there's just time for us to go and have a drink. No, let networking count for a professional progression. And no one to me, Nigeria abroad, has any excuse in this to train you for that next level, take advantage of it. And if you've not, look elsewhere, look outside your company, look outside your organization. Look within your neighborhood. That that, oh, that auntie that you that dresses smartly, that you know they work in this organization, walk up to them. Oh, I, I, I admire your person, your way you talk, these are my skill set, this is where I work. And I just wonder if you could be my mentor. It's as easy as that. It's a yes or no question. And if you receive no, 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 there are some days you get a yes. Don't let the fear of a no stop you from pushing to get that yes. Under many bones of no is buried a yes. You just need to dig enough.
0: Thank you. Oh, awesome, awesome. Anyone with any question? I, I, I've I've asked. I've asked. I've done too much Oliver twist. This <laughs> was just supposed to spend um, thirty-five minutes, but the fact that he has actually graciously spent the last. Um, almost an hour, it's just, I know I'm still going to get to hear about this one later. <laughs> but that but that has been great, that has been great. Any question from anyone? I don't see any questions because I'm, I'm just going to end the session at this time. All right, that's fine. Uh, Muis, thank you so very much for, for this. I, um, You know, like like I said to you, one of the things that I like to do is to be able to find a few people who really who desire to to go someplace, and we need the kind of um, experience, expertise, mentoring that some of us, you know, some identified people can, can provide them and then use such mediums, you know, or is it, uh, is it medium or media? Which one is the plural? <laughs> yeah, either one, actually. Either one, actually. Oh, fantastic. All right. We use each, uh, this medium to, to now um, raise the bar. You know, for me it's it's so we we hear so much about uh, how young people can't do this or young people can't do that. And I've always believed that part of the challenge is that people that go before us should always point us in the right direction.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Right. If they didn't do that for us, the least that we can do for you coming afterwards is to point at least try to point them in the right direction. If they choose to Follow. That's that's fine. If they choose not to follow again, that's fine. But at least our conscience will bear us that we weren't just saying this country is lousy. This country is bad. Mm-hmm. We actually did something, you know, to to push things in the right direction. Ah, Luis knows me. When he, when he's 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 always upset about the way Nigeria is run. And I tell him that's that's stress for me, right? I just do what I can do about getting certain things right. And honestly, I'm not going to have a headache on how this country is run. God will just keep keeping us. Okay, that got me again, Abi. Yeah, and we'll do whatever it is that we can do, you know, to to push Nigeria in the direction of, of where we believe Nigeria should be. And it's it's been the last um, uh, 50 minutes, almost one hour has been almost one hour already, right? Has been great, and thank you so much for availing your time. I know time is precious to you, like mad. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. I, I really, it's, really
1: it's a Friday evening now, so it's kind of like down
0: Yeah, your time is your time. I know you. <laughs>
1: I have to rest. It's been a busy week. Exactly. <laughs> just to, like, I'm out of my mind now.
0: Like I, I know. <laughs> this is like my, maybe my, my like, 20th Zoom meeting. <laughs> just, just, okay. Thank you so very much. And well, thank you everyone you, that was able to join. Thank you for joining. Yeah, thanks for the Appreciate opportunity. Moose, yeah. thank you so much. Have a lovely evening, everyone. You too. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye.